Welcome back for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. As we grab our boards and try and swim out into the sea of ideas, see if we can catch that sales pipeline as it's starting to curl up over the horizon there with the man who never misses a wave, Matt Hines. Oh, I miss a lot of waves, Paul. Uh, I try to catch the right waves. and there that the, There's plenty of waves to catch, plenty of waves to miss. Boy, I feel like we could get very meta, very, uh, <laughs> very transcendental. Trans, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, We're going to rise above. We're going we're gonna to elevate know. ourselves to a higher consciousness here. See, this is, this, is why, this is why this is not a yoga podcast. I'm totally out of my element trying to make something out of that. But, hey, it's good to, good to see you. Good to talk to you again, Paul. Hi, Ben. I've been good. We've missed you. You've been on the road and you've been reporting in. And I understand. I I, I don't know this officially or not here, but I think you were out scouting new locations for the World Curling Championship. I think that's what you're secretly involved in here. Because that's actually that's private information. I I told everybody I was out uh, meeting with marketers and doing these CMO breakfasts. It's not true. My secret curling obsession is apparently now out. (laughs) Now, as we've um, I've been. This has been crazy. This is my first week back. Back in Seattle, like entirely for I don't know how long we did. We've been doing these breakfasts with um, with uh, CMOS around the country. We did five in the past two weeks, and so uh, uh, been been really exciting. Got a lot of good insight. Got some content we're going to put together on some of that. Good. Um, so excited to do that, and have been doing continue to do sales pipe radio. But we've been in the habit the last couple of weeks of doing them, uh, recording in advance, and then uh, throwing them up here on Thursday. So excited to be here live again, and hopefully doing this in the next uh, next few weeks. Well. I, I'm on the site of the World Curling Association, and I just want to know that uh, you're going to be there for the World Mixed Curling Championship coming up this fall, October 12th through the 19th. Matt Hines will be there. Oh, Lord. All right. So proof positive that even our great producer, Paul, can occasionally fall down the rabbit hole of Google searches on any given Thursday. That's the truth. <laughs> well, with with that as transition, thank you for joining us on Sales Pipeline Radio today. Appreciate you all joining us. Uh, for those of you listening live on the Funnel Media Radio Network, thank you for joining us during your workday. For those of you that are joining on the podcast, thank you so much. We are just inches away from the goal line of hitting 100,000 uh, 100, listeners and uh, very excited to see our continued growth. Thank you so much, everyone who's listening to us. And as always, you can find every episode of Sales Pipeline Radio, past, present, and future on salespipelineradio.com. Each week, we are featuring some of the best and brightest minds in B2B sales and marketing. Today is absolutely no different. Very excited to have uh, the CEO of Sendoso. He is Chris Rudegrap. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Matt. Excited to be here. Are you also a closet curling fan? Uh, is this, is, should we keep talking about this or should we move back to B2B marketing? No, maybe surfing. I've taken up surfing a little bit, but curling is uh, something that I can't say I've ever done or or even really watched other than flipping through the channels when the Olympics is on. I would love to learn how to surf. I I sometimes have a hard time balancing on a sidewalk, so I think on a narrower board, like in the ocean, might not be necessarily something I can do. My my eight-year-old really wants to learn, and apparently it's really good core exercises as well. Exactly. Yeah, I do it for the exercise. So <laughs> there <I'm> you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, so much we can talk about here. I mean, you've been uh, in and around te- the, the tech startup community for a long time. And about three years ago, started up uh, Sendoso. Talk a little bit about the problem Sendoso is solving, because um, you guys have really risen very quickly in, uh, you know, in, partly in the ABM account-based marketing uh, side, but also just in, in helping companies personalize the sales and marketing efforts and driving Greater results. Talk a little bit about what that means and what Sendoso's part has been part of it. 
Yeah, for sure. So to give you a little context, I think I've got a, a unique backstory where I was, you know, an account executive sales rep uh, for about a decade at various tech startups before uh, turning into a CEO. Um, and so Sendosa was really born out of necessity where I was doing a lot of manually handwriting notes, sending out, you know, these little quirky gifts, following up with like thank you notes and swag. And it was working well, but I would be in the office into the late evenings or I'd ask marketing, but they would put it on the bottom of their to-do list. So I, I really conceptualized, hey, why isn't there a platform that allows you to send out almost anything integrated into your tech stack, allows you to operationalize and personalize all of these direct mail gifts and all these other um, offline activities that you want to do uh, in a very easy uh, to do manner. So about three years ago, um, and fast forward today, and we've got tens of thousands of, of senders, uh, you know, and we've just grown the company tremendously. Well, I mean, you really hit a nerve, right? I mean, I think that, you know, there's, you know, we were talking to someone before this call about the idea of personalization at scale. And personalization at scale doesn't mean you're doing everything in an automated way. Sometimes it simply means you have a system and a process to allow you to more efficiently personalize what you're doing. And, and it makes a difference. And I, and I think, you know, when, when you've got a set of target accounts, you know, the question you need to ask isn't how much does it cost? The question more is, you know, what is it worth? What is it worth to maybe not necessarily just spend more money, but also spend a little extra time creating something special? And I think that's part of why can I, I think that the, you know, you know, creating a systematic way to, to really make a mark and stand out um, is, is so popular right now. Totally. And I think that you nailed it. It's really like, you know, the direct mail offline world, it does take extra work and there's labor intensive time to it. So if we can help scale that, well, you can put a little bit of extra effort into what you want to send, such as, for example, doing a little research on you. I could send you, you know, a University of Washington, like, hus you know, mug through our platform that might rise above the noise from just a, a random email you get. And just that extra effort and being able to do that across all your target accounts can be super impactful. Well, I think one of the one of the things that you guys have certainly done uh, for me, uh, I'm staring at it right now, and I think, um, you know, Paul, you can't see me here, but I'm holding this bacon button. And yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was, I was, I remember, I was, I think, I, I don't know if ever you were the booth or not. It was a couple of years ago. I was joking uh, with your team about, so like, you know, the fact that we make a lot of bacon, and I use bacon as part of my sort of shtick when I when I do presentations. And I said, you know, it'd be fun to start to give away bacon to people that are prospects. Like, if, could I have? It would be awesome to have a bacon button right in CRM that would just tell you guys to like send out bacon for me. And I think, I think the next time I saw somebody said, I have a gift for you. And it literally, if you've seen those, those, you know, those easy buttons from Staples from their ads a couple, couple years ago, your team sent me a button that says bacon on the front. And when you click it, it does this. Give me bacon. And it does that, and it does it has a few others, and it's just, it has nothing to do with anything other than just it is memorable. And I'll tell you what, I mean, the reason I was able to pull that so quickly is on my desk, right? And every time I look at it, I think about you guys. And it could have come from you or it could have come from any other company trying to sell me something, but sometimes it's not just about getting the demo or getting you to come to our webinar. Sometimes it's creating a unique experience that is memorable. Exactly, and I think that we're seeing a trend too where you know, SDRs and AEs are almost becoming mini marketers in terms of just the creativity levels that they're incorporating into their outreach. And, you know, leveraging a platform like Sendosa or doing gifting and, and direct mail is a very creative avenue to, to think outside the box like that bacon button or, you know, I've got dozens of other stories that just make me smile um, from similar things like that that we hear our customers doing um, to just kind of break through that noise and provide another avenue to, you know, engage with prospects. 
So I, we've got so many, so many directions we could take this conversation. Talking today to Chris Rudigrap, he's the CEO of Sendoso, a fast-growing uh, Martech company that really helps create better customer experiences and uh, sort of improving communication and and uh, getting attention from your target prospects. You know, I, I feel like I see you guys all over the place now. Um, I feel like uh, you guys are really growing very quickly and getting a lot of customers. It was less than three years ago, Chris. You were a successful account executive at another sales tech company, and you mentioned that that you, you know, you had a career in sales and then. Found this opportunity. Talk a little bit about that transition. Like, how do you make that transition so quickly and and in your case so successfully? Success didn't happen overnight. There was probably about a three month period where I was basically just praying to the wife that I was going to start making money soon and uh, you know things were going to pick up. Um, and it really just clicked. We uh, you know it took a, a, a handful of time to build out the product to really uh, get the version going. I mean, we've got uh, warehouse facilities around the world, so that was also an interesting beast to be able to set up warehouse fulfillment centers, printing facilities, and all of that, and streamline all of you know the behind-the-scene logistics. So there was a solid you know first six nine months where it was really uh, how are we going to make this work? And then once we went to market, it was like the floodgates opened. So it was unique that both myself and my other uh, co-founder were both uh, sales guys. So we had sales backgrounds. So so our go-to-market strategy was impeccable. We were able to really move fast, um, as I think a lot of companies have early product or engineering founder and might have a little more struggle on the sales side. So sales was just a natural way for us to, to get customers fast. Coming in from the sales perspective, I think is a unique and, and good and, and really powerful opportunity. I think you see a lot of we see a lot of founders that don't have sales and marketing experience that you know have maybe more of a build it and they will come mentality that I've got a great product, I got a great market opportunity. This totally is going to solve everyone's problems. I don't need to do sales and marketing. I could just release it and it'll all work. I think coming from the sales perspective, you know that that's not true, and so I think you've got you know a better eye for what it's going to take to take a product to market. What are some things you've learned? You know where sales and marketing might might be a blind spot for you know a first-time tech technical CEO. What are some things you've learned that that, that you need to sort of backfill either with your experience or with your team um, to help grow Sendoso? Yeah, I mean, early on we just really invested in sales and success. So you know we were using marketing automation right out the gate, using Salesloft right out the gate, and we actually use Outreach too. But we were using both those out the gate. So we were really investing in tools up front because we know we wanted to plan for the future and we know we wanted to start building in those kind of core competencies of using all that day one. I know that some CEOs or, or founders might uh, be skeptical of software up front and you know, wait to grow, but that was one of our things that we really invested in software early to build that muscle memory. Talking again today with the CEO and co-founder of Sendoso and uh, Chris, you know, as you think about the growth of the market, obviously, you know, I think, you know, any company that says, well, we don't really have competitors probably doesn't have a market. I know you have competitors in the marketplace. We see, you know, a lot of the same people at the same kind of conferences. And, and I'm sure you see some of them in deals as well. You know, how do you think about competitive differentiation in the crowded market from a message standpoint, from a product standpoint? How do you sort of ride the wave of a market that has created competition yet sort of stay unique and different um, and at the top of that wave? Yeah. So, I mean, one of it is starting with customers and we have a ton of raving fans. I think that's why you keep hearing about us so much is because people talk about us and how we've been able to provide that customer experience, that fun product that people love to use and the customer success and the team behind it. So I think we've really built a fun company culture that our customers kind of feel. And so that has been a big win for us early on. It's just we've got tens of thousands of raving fans out there talking us up. 
Outside of that, you know, I think that staying very close to the customer and seeing features and being and helping product align with sales and marketing customer success has been important. So I know that in terms of standing out from the competition, we're really the only company that's able to offer all these different sending options, whether it's handwritten notes, whether it's booze, whether it's uh, printed collateral on demand, whether it's cupcakes or direct mail or postcards or custom boxes. We've really have the assortment of everything you could want to send and all the integrations you want to send it out of. And that was really just built out of necessity from what I thought when I was a salesperson and in a B2B org, what would I want is that perfect tool and how do we get there? Well, we're going to have to take a quick break, pay some bills. We're going to be back with more with Chris Rudigrab from CEO of Sendoso. We're going to be talking more about personalization at scale. We're talking about what it takes to continue to drive scale and maintain culture inside your own organization and much more. We'll be right back on Sales Pipeline Radio. While there's no singular silver bullet to scalable revenue, there are strategies to improve the planning, coordination, and execution of the tactics to get you there. From Integrate and Heinz Marketing, read the Enterprise Playbook to account-based demand generation designed for enterprise marketing leaders to explore new ways to generate demand, convert leads, and scale revenue. Visit HeinzMarketing.com's resource section. That's H-E-I-N-Z Marketing.com and the resource tab for your free copy today. All right, let's pick it back up with Matt and his uh, new surf instructor. A new surf instructor. I'm sorry, we so, so so successfully pivoted away from curling. Uh, next week, we will be on the road again. Uh, I will be in Boston for the uh, Ramp Conference. It's from Insight Squared, and so we'll be we'll be on the road again or uh, doing remote. But some great guests coming up here the rest of June and July. We've got Lindsay Peterson, uh, one of the nation's foremost uh, B2B branding experts. We're going to talk about the impact and importance of brand in B2B and what that means and and how you to do that. Uh, coming up after that, we've actually got the results of a unique uh, content marketing survey that we recently completed with a partner. Some really interesting insights. Some of that we'll be highlighting next week from uh, the Insight Squared conference as well. Some uh, marketing automation satisfaction research that we'll be launching. So uh, more today, unfor- or more, more today, uh, thankfully, with Chris Rudigrap. He's the CEO of Sendoso. And you know, speaking of the Martech stack, Chris, uh, Sendoso on its own is phenomenal, but it is one of what seven thousand Martech tools. We talked about, you know, main, you know, sort of rising above the wave in in a competitive set, but it seems like there there is a little bit of martech fatigue by a lot of buyers, by a lot of B two B marketers today. How, you know, how, are you seeing that at all? And how do you combat that as a member of that community? Yeah, so we're not seeing that too much on our field. Just I think one of the things that we do is for a lot of companies, direct mail and, and gifting is not necessarily a, a brand new thing. People have been doing it for a while. So it's a very, companies are doing it. It's a very manual, rigorous thing. Or maybe if they're doing it through some legacy provider, it's kind of a broken process. You know, we're really not some random shiny object that they, they're not sure if it's going to work or not. They know it's working. They just want to kind of operationalize it and streamline it and provide more personalization um, at scale. So that's one thing. I think the other thing that's interesting, too, for us is that we also play well with other departments. So the customer success org, uh, the HR org, the, the sales org directly. So sometimes we get creative with pulling in other buyers or other groups, um, which helps lighten the loan on just being another MarTech tool. 
Got it. Um, and as you guys grow, I, mean, I mentioned before we left, just you know, the some of the challenges of of growing a company, especially a fast growing early stage company. What are some keys to you for you as the CEO to maintaining quantity and quality of that growth? Yeah. So I interview almost every person that we bring into the org. So really, it's a goal of mine. I'm basically a, a recruiter now <laughs> in <laughs> terms of what I do. You know, staying close to the talent. Um, we've got a couple different offices now across the U.S. and globally. So that's been a challenge in terms of how do we keep everyone together, but in separate offices and then just investing in people. I think, you know, we have the benefit of you know, what we do and what what our customers are sending out is a very fun product. And so we can have fun with our brand, which is, uh, you know, to our benefit that might, if you're selling something else, it, it might be a little tougher to align everyone internally. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think they're, you know, have fun with that brand, you know, both internally and externally is certainly part of what you've done. And I, you know, I think as you scale, um, is your intent to continue to interview every candidate? And if you, even when you can, even if you can, you know, what do you do to maintain level of quality, integrity of the people you're looking for? Uh, how do you how do you do that as you continue to scale and grow? Yeah, I mean, I think hiring great leaders is important. We also have a whole sales enablement, and we also have just a general learning and development team that we in, we're investing in early to help make sure that our employees are up to speed on everything we do. So they're not there's no frustration, there's not there's no like lack of knowledge sharing. So a lot of those things, I think, is just like building out the processes to scale the company and you know finding tools to help with that. I also try to do as many one-on-ones as I possibly can with everyone through the org, whether it's uh, an SDR or whether it's our VP of uh, sales or it's our director of engineering. I'm constantly talking to different people, which um, I think just helps uh, show them that I'm you know just another peer that they are working with. And, that, and I think that helps build good rapport throughout the company. Finish up last few minutes with the CEO of Sendoso, and you know I'm curious to hear your answer to this question. Uh, you know we ask a lot of our guests to talk a little about some of the people that have been influential to them along the way. You know professors, authors, former managers, people you want to recognize, or people that you might recommend. Excuse me, other people um, who are listening to to go check out as well. You know, I've got a laundry list of blogs that I follow. You know, my favorite author is Malcolm Gladwell. I enjoy some of his books. I've got about 15,000 connections on LinkedIn and I'm obsessed with just looking at LinkedIn like throughout the day. You know, that's kind of one of the things that I spend some of my good time on is just chiming in and spending effort and engaging the community on LinkedIn. Talk a little bit about sort of your own sort of content strategy and, you know, as you've, as you've gone, built a company and you're building a brand for yourself. How do you think about content strategy for you? And I'm not just thinking about Sendoso, but also, you know, for you as an executive, whether you are trying to build the, the brand of the company, trying to build your name associated with that brand, maybe, you know, depending on if you're looking, you know, you're looking for fundraising, you know, how do you think about your own content and brand strategy? Yeah. So I think two part question. I think so as I look, speak at conferences and, you know, different events and we have a PR agency that's getting me into newspapers and things like that. I think having a CEO and a face of a company helps put a face to a brand. And it's something that I really enjoy doing, getting on stage and things like that. So I think from a personal standpoint, I think I'm doing a good job of executing on that. 
from a company branding perspective, you know, I think we are trying to create content. We're relaunching a new website where we're having like Sendoso TV as part of the section. So have a lot of awesome video content from all of the cool projects that we're doing, all of the warehouse activities, all of our customer stories. So video is a big push for us in terms of content creation and content sharing. I, we actually have like a videographer on our staff that's doing more and more video for us. And then something that a lot of people think is kind of an obvious thing to do, but there's still a lot of education and learning about how you scale it out or what used to be controlled by marketing and demand gen as a top of funnel, hey, let's send 10,000 postcards, and now is something that an SDR can uh, send themselves. So there's a bit of learning there. So we're doing a lot of thought leadership content in terms of how do you like operationalize and personalize at scale and how do you... Uh, how do you bring all this down to every employee at the company who's customer facing? So, Chris, I feel like I see you at a lot of the events, the B two B events, you know, around the circuit. I know you travel a lot. I imagine that you uh, are are working just a ton as well. What are some of your keys, though, to sort of create balance? And I'm not going to say work life balance, but you know, I think you know we all have work that can keep us going 24 hours a day and not get it done. How do you focus? How do you triage? And how do you find balance to keep yourself refreshed and energized and, and ready to keep going? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I do travel quite a bit, but what I, one of my things that I like to do is I like to stick around cities or the areas that I travel to for a bit and work remote. So that kind of at least alleviates me from the get in and get out mentality um, and rushing through things. So it allows me to explore and travel a bit and work remote. So I like that. And that kind of balances things out. And then, you know, I've got a good routine. I'm more of a work smarter than harder kind of CEO. So I'll put in a solid eight, nine hours a day, but you're not going to see me putting in 15 hour days or anything. I think that you can get burnt out by that. And I'd rather be, you know, laser focused and really smart in how I work. And I also like to do, uh, you know, other things, um, you know, surfing, mountain biking, golfing. So I try to get out and uh, have fun with uh, customers or even uh, our employees and things like that too. So what I'm hearing is, if I can summarize, is to be intentional about what you focus on, have outside interests that draw you to them, and learn the discipline of being able to say no. Yeah. So my follow-up question then is on that last piece, how do you, <laughs> so I think this is a big challenge for a lot of people, not just, you know, that are in your position running a company, but in any role where, you know, they want to be, they want to be successful. They want to make, you know, in some cases they want to make people happy. In some cases they just want to take advantage of opportunities that, you know, may turn into something. How have you developed the discipline of saying no when, when needed? Yeah. So I think it really came that I've been in startups for the last decade and I've really seen putting an effort and seeing how how different people work in different orgs, uh, looking at different CEOs, different VPs, and really kind of copycatting what I liked and what I didn't like and putting all that together and being a bit more thoughtful on how I put myself out there as a CEO. So I think uh, along with that, you know, I've got some good mentors and a good advisors that I, I, I keep in touch with who kind of keep me aligned when I'm thinking through some of my leadership mentalities or my, you know, work-life balance stuff. Awesome. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. I'm going to wrap up here from curling to surfing to bacon buttons to this one of how to say no. I promise we would cover a lot of ground today, but uh, appreciate our guest today. Thank you so much, Chris, from the CEO of Sendoso. Uh, we'll put a link to Sendoso in our uh, podcast notes. If you want to share this conversation with others on your team, you'll find it up on Sales Pipeline Radio here in a couple of days. And make sure you check us out next Thursday and every Thursday for new episodes. On behalf of my great producer, Paul, thank you so much for joining us again. This has been Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been 
Rise the curls, riding the waves, right here in Sales Pipeline Radio. 